the one and only House Flipping HQ Podcast presents episode 38. Yeah. This, this, this is the House Flipping HQ Podcast. Giving you the strategies, techniques, and inside secrets of house flipping from today's top house flipping experts. House Flipping HQ. Your ultimate house flipping resource for intelligent real estate investing and financial freedom. Now, let's get flipping with your host, Justin Williams. Oh, oh, this is going to be the best day of my life. My life. What's going on, House Flipping Nation? Hope you guys have had a fantastic week and are having an amazing, incredible day. Last week was just phenomenal. We put four houses under contract. Boom. Yes. Our goal is three a week and we've been averaging about two. So having that four week uh, last week was amazing. Like I mentioned, one of those was from Steve Arino. He got this house tied up. In Utah for $90,000, we are going to be paying him a $10,000 wholesale fee and we will be taking that baby down. So going out of state, it's official. So anyway, we're excited about that. It should be, you know, a good time. And, you know, a lesson to learn from that. I talked to a lot of people who they just, oh, I can't find a contractor and, you know, this and that. You know, we're not even, there's so many people out there to work with. You know, Vanessa's already talked to couple contractors that we're going to be working with, a couple great agents out there. Um, so when you got, you know, people in your own backyard, don't feel like you can't do this business. We're going to, we aren't even concerned about managing this property, uh, which is super far. I don't, I don't know how many miles, but it's like a 10 hour drive from here at least. So um, anyway, pretty cool. Pretty excited about that. So, uh, oh, ha- having that been said, guys, like I, I do know some people out there. You know, I'm not telling people just go out of state and get crazy. Nothing like that. I'm just trying to inspire you to realize that you can find contractors. You can find good agents close by you. Uh, it's very doable. So, you know, if there's anyone else out there who, I mentioned this before, but is doing a lot of high volume out of state uh, and getting pretty good margins, I would love to talk to you. you know, I'm, I don't mind going to another area. I don't want to go to like, you know, someone sent Steven like five houses that are in random states. And anyway, I'm not really interested in that. I'm more interested in starting up in certain markets where I can set up a team and do, you know, several deals at a time. So would love to talk to you. You can email me at justin at housefippinghq.com. And, you know, this is for active investors who are currently wholesalers who are perhaps, you know, getting a lot of houses right now. Not, not someone who's brand new. You know, you guys still got, got a little bit of learning to do, which is great, which is why you're here. So, all right. So, what else do we have going on? Uh, yesterday, I just got a call from Kale, who uh, is someone I've been talking to for a few days. You know, he listened to me announce last week that I was looking to hire an acquisitions manager. And he, he's been listening to all my podcasts. He goes to my church and he's like, he uh, reached out to me and said, you know, I, I would love to work for you. Um, so I tried to talk him out of it. I seriously did. Maybe we'll have him on sometime. And I was like, dude, it's not going to be easy to get this and giving him all these details about how hard it's going to be. And I could not talk him out of it. So he is going to be starting officially manana. So 
yeah, it's going to be pretty cool. I, you know, I'll share with you guys kind of some of the things that we're doing with him to get him going. He's never done real estate investing. He's listened to, like I said, all the podcasts, so he's learned a lot. But the guy is just motivated and wants to make things happen. And he's willing to, I, I said, are you willing to knock doors? Are you willing to cold call? Are you willing to put up bandit signs? Are you, all the things that people have a hard time doing. And I believe that he will take constructive criticism well. Um, so these are all really important things to me. So he's passionate, he's excited, and, and he's willing to do these hard things that a lot of people, you know, some people might look at it as hard, but a lot of people aren't willing to get their hands dirty in this business, which is what you often have to do or be willing to do. And he's willing to do all those things. So I think it's going to be a great fit. And I think it's going to help us reach our goal. As you guys know, I have a goal to put 150 houses under contract this year. And we are a little behind. You know, as after last week, we have 32. Uh, so that means we have 118 left. And we're not quite on track. But I, I'm not giving up. I'm doing things to now that will help me reach that goal and get up to speed in the future. So... Boom, that is one of them. Last week, we had an amazing webinar with our house flipping mastermind group with Kyle, who is my main agent with which I didn't even realize, but over the last two years, you know, I asked him, how many houses have we bought with you? 104 or five houses, I believe it's been, in two years with one single agent. Is that not amazing or what? I mean, this guy runs my entire house flipping business, so it's pretty cool. So that was for the house flipping mastermind group. Um, if any of you guys, you know, are loving the podcast but really want a support group, a group of people that you can be with on a daily basis and ask questions to and bring your deals to and say, this is what I got going on, and you want direct response from yours truly, uh, it's basically, you know, I'm coaching you along with a bunch of other people and we're in this together because, it, you know, it's, it's not easy. Uh, go ahead and you can reach out to me, Justin at HQ.com. And I will send you details uh, for that group. Uh, it's not anything like you know the $25,000 programs that charge you an arm and a leg and then try to upsell you on everything. It's very cost affordive. And it's something I've put together to kind of bridge that gap between the high-priced gurus and between the people that go from club to club and never have a focus and spend two to three years trying to figure this business out, but they don't have any guidance, mentoring, or group support or any of that fun stuff. So anyway... Boom. Anyway, you can go to also go to housefamilyhq.com slash webinar. A couple times a month, I do a, a webinar, which is actually, we're starting to call it a workshop because that's more of what it is, where I share with you a specific aspect of the house flipping machine and how we you know run our business using that. And then I explain in more detail the webinar and people can ask questions. I explain in more detail the mastermind group, sorry. And people can ask questions about anything related to house flipping. Um... So it's pretty pretty good stuff. I usually end up going a couple hours. And, you know, my goal is to always just give way more uh, than I ever ask in return. So I hope you guys are seeing that. Uh, that's kind of the goal. And I believe that's the abundance mentality uh, that ends up, you know, being amazing. Okay. I didn't really know what to say there. But anyway. All right, guys. So moving on to our interview for today. Today, uh, I interviewed a guy by the name of Joe McCall, which... Before this interview, I didn't really know Joe that well. He interviewed me. Uh, he's, I anyway. We'll talk about the name of his podcast and stuff. But he he interviewed me um, a couple of weeks ago, and I could tell. Hey, this guy kind of seems to know his stuff. But then in the last two weeks since then, I've talked to two people like, oh yeah, he's the real deal, you know. And 
So usually I only interview people I either know or I know are the real deal. But in this case, I knew Joe was the real deal because someone told me, but I had never really talked to him. So the interview was very, I got on the phone with him or on Skype and I was like, okay, Joe, let's just start now. Like, I'm going to get to know you on this interview. I don't know any really much of anything you're doing. So I don't want to, I don't have the time to talk to you for an hour before and during the call. So our audience is just going to listen in. They're going to be flies on the wall. And we talked for two hours. So I'm going to split this up into two episodes uh, this week and next week. And it was very different than any other podcast I've done. I mean, this guy, he has a lot of um, really great uh, tips for buying houses and great systems and working with VAs. And in fact, this is one of the first things I'm going to have Kale, my assistant, my, my new uh, acquisitions manager, listen to when he comes on this week because I want him to start applying a lot of these things. Now, we also get into a little bit of a conversation about you know gurus and teaching and education because I've been doing some education lately and he does some education and you know it, it, it was it's interesting I, and I think it's important for people to to listen to because it's an important thing you know in our industry there is a lot of educators and some of those you know because of the potential success you can have in real estate the high dollar amounts you can make there are some gurus or some people that will take advantage of that and you know charge you like I said the twenty five thousand dollars and then they put you in a room and they have like every other speaker is there to sell you another ten thousand dollar program it just gets crazy right so that is sick and wrong right but on the opposite end you have a lot of people who are so like anti-education when actually if there weren't any educators like no one would really know much of anything you know even a lot of the people that it's just important to have educators, and and I've learned that more and more. This is not easy, you know, to teach people uh, how to flip houses and how to really is not easy. So be nice to us, okay? Be nice to the guys that are that are trying hard. Uh, but hopefully, you'll learn how to distinguish a little bit, you know, our opinions, at least my opinion, of what a good educator is and what a not so good educator is. Not something that you can you can watch over time and learn. So all right, I am rambling too much. So anyway. Um, I think that's it. HouseofMHQ.com slash webinar to sign up for the webinar. And all right, let's get rocking with this interview. Uh, okay, goodbye. All right, Joe. So I wanted to get going on this interview right away. Um, this is going to be kind of an interesting interview because you interviewed me a couple mm -hmm. weeks ago. But other than that, I don't know you that well. Now, everyone that I bring on the show... I either know or I know a lot about them, but I always make sure that I know they're the real deal, right? But I've I've just in the last couple of weeks, I've spoken to a, a couple of people who know you personally, and they're like, yeah, Joe's the real thing, and they kind of mentioned a few things about you. I don't remember. I just remember it was good. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, good. I hope it was. So that for me was good enough. Um, also, I've been getting like a ton of traffic, honestly, from your site to my site from your site and that tells me nice. that once again you're someone that I that I want to work with uh, you have an audience you have a following so you know I thought hey let's do this I, I am curious to hear more about you mentioned some of the things that you're doing um with, with uh, your wholesaling business when you interviewed me and it really piqued my curiosity so I hope you're pretty open to because you know on my podcast well just like with yours we're pretty much an open book, uh, so I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna drill you on some questions. So hope hope you're ready. Well, that's cool, man. You know, I I had you on my podcast, Real Estate Investing Mastery, just three two or three weeks ago. 
I got great feedback from that. A lot of people gave me real positive comments on it. And I really love your podcast. I love what you're doing. Um, it's a fresh, you know, there's a lot of competition out there. When when I started my podcast a couple years ago, there was just a few of us. And uh, Sean Terry kind of blazed the trail for most of us. And I was in there doing my thing. But the quality of the podcasts that are coming out now, I'm really excited about because um, I see your podcast in particular just being really down to earth. You're being yourself. <clears throat> you're being funny. You're giving good educational value. <laughs> and uh, you even sing. So how could I not have <laughs> Justin on my podcast? Uh, but anyway, I won't sing for you and your guests. <laughs> what? I was going to say, I appreciate the kind words. It was going to sound like I appreciate you not singing. Maybe that's a good thing as well. So No, okay. <laughs> so so what, do you want yeah, to, go ahead. what do you want to know about me? Well, give, you know, give us a little bit of your background. I'm doing this interview as if I'm just having a conversation with you. That's what I like the best. Uh, everyone else can be a fly on the wall. I'm selfish. I, wanna, I just want to know what you're doing. And everyone else can listen if they, if they want. <laughs> All the other yeah. several thousand people can just listen in. So... Um, what, give me a little more of your background. I don't even know really much of your background. Really quick background. What kind of got Joe McCall to the to where he's at right now? Yeah, I let's see. You know, I I started my I got a degree in civil engineering, and so I'm kind of always been the little analytical bent, which okay. sometimes can be to my detriment um, because the I, I sometimes overanalyze things. The old really analysis paralysis, systems. right? Yes, and that was. For me, getting started in real estate, that was something I really had to work hard to overcome. Um, so I can relate to a lot of engineers out there who may be more technical. They have to have all the answers. They have to have all the plans. They have to know all the what, the yeah buts or the what ifs. And, <laughs> and you know that will kill your real estate investing career. But Absolutely. you can still use that to your advantage if, you know, I, I always said the three keys to success are marketing, automation, and delegation. I love that. And once you you marketing is the foundation to it all. Um, and then you you, you got to have the systems. If you want to do a lot of deals, you got to have systems and you need to have a team that you can delegate that stuff out to. And that's why I loved you on that podcast you did a few months ago on the five things that you outsource to five tips to work five hours a week and only eat, you know, five, <laughs> five meals a day or something like that. Right. Yep. <laughs> so, that, that was really good. And that, that's, we talked about that in your podcast. But for me, I got started reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, right? Okay. And um, everybody's read that book. It's a good book. And the, I started buying a lot of rental properties, basically, is what I started doing. Because I thought the key to wealth was get a bunch of debt, because there's good debt and there's bad debt. Yep. And get a bunch of properties that are only cash flowing $100, $200 a month. Yep. And there. if I want to make ten grand a month, I only need... 200 of those properties and I'll be financially it's free. It's simple, right? Piece of cake. Yes. Done. Well, and you know, I remember this was in 2005, 2006 and looking at the historical charts of real estate, you know, real estate never went down and it was in California, conservative 10% appreciation. <laughs> and so in Missouri, in the Midwest where I was, it was maybe 5, 10%. So I started buying properties based on appreciation. And um, started doing a lot of speculative buying, and I was financing everything. And you know, back then, when you wanted to make money, you did a cash out refinance, right? Yeah. You buy a property at eighty cents, ninety cents on the dollar, 
hold it for a little bit and then cash, cash out, out, refinance it at a hundred percent. And that's how you made your money. Well, when, for me at that point, um, when I wanted more money, when I needed cash to pay the bills, I bought another house, which was just crazy. Um, and so I got over leveraged really, really quick and I had equity. Um, but you, you know, you've heard the saying, you can't eat equities, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I, I had a serious, serious cash flow problem when the market crashed. All of a sudden, I had a bunch of vacancies. I, you know, I only had 15 or 16 homes, um, but the market crashed. I had a lot of vacancies. I couldn't fill my houses. I couldn't sell my houses. And so I was in a world of hurt. And I had taken over a lot of homes, what's called over subject to, where right. I bought the house subject to the existing mortgage. And now all of a sudden, I had... Um, bunch of bank loans, uh, private loans with private investors, and a bunch of subject to loans. Um, and so I never missed a payment on the subject to loans because I was making those mortgage payments for somebody else. But I had to start missing my own bank loans that I had with my, you know, with the banks on the investment properties. And I started getting late on my own personal residence. Um, and so subsequently, I started doing a bunch of short sales and foreclosures, and my you know my dream of becoming a successful investor was crumbling. Well, I, I love. I mean, it, I don't love that you went through that, but it's interesting. I was talking to someone the other day, and it seems like anybody I know who's currently successful has been through some kind of financial difficulty in some shape or form. So once again, just you're proving the point. <laughs> well, yeah, and so. It was a mess, and and um, you know I, I got out of all of that, and um, the it was embarrassing, it was humiliating. I thought I knew, I thought I had all the answers. Yeah. You know, I had all the courses. I thought I knew what it took to be a successful investor, but I started thinking about the fundamentals of investing. You know, what is the most important thing about this? And I started realizing it's marketing number one. But I also started discovering wholesaling. And I remember buying those courses back then in the you know early mid 2000s buying these courses we just got back from a we just got back from a cruise and um, we That's went awesome. from Galveston to Jamaica Grand Cayman and Cozumel and for 7 days wow. I had a blast man it was so much fun wow. and um That's... But anyway I'll, I'll go That's ahead and awesome. finish what I was talking about I, Okay I started looking back and thinking okay um Every course that I bought in real estate at the time, almost everyone said, you need to learn wholesaling. That's foundation. That's the foundational element of investing, learning how to do the marketing, find the deals, evaluate the deals, estimate repairs, networking, building your buyers. But at the time, I remember thinking, ah, it's not sexy enough, you know. Um, I want to make the big deals. I want to do the big deals. I want to do the rehabs. I want to. So I started learning all of these different strategies, short sales and subject twos and private lending and and rehabbing. And so here I am, my back's against the wall. You know, I was at a point where I would go to bed late at night, stressed out. I'd get up at three or four in the morning in a cold sweat, not able to go back wow. to sleep because I had no idea how I was going to pay the bills. My wife didn't know everything that was going on either. And so I'm trying to hold this Jeez. all together. I'm robbing Peter to pay Paul. And it was uh, horrible. And I had my engineering job, so I'm still working 50, 60 hours a week, coming at home, trying to do real estate in the evening to get caught up with, you know, to get all these. Oh, my gosh. And I had, you know, I was fighting all the time with my wife and yelling at my kids. I was a horrible husband and dad. 
and my world was just falling apart. And I knew at that point I had to decide whether I was going to do real estate full-time or I was going to do my, my engineering job full-time. I mean, I couldn't do both anymore. I was trying to be yeah. a jack of all trades, but I was a master of none. I was miserable. And so, but I really wanted to be an investor. I really wanted to figure this out because I saw those guys making those checks at the boot camps and the seminars. And I thought, I want to be one of those guys who makes those $10,000 checks that gets their face on the slide. You know, I wanted to, I knew if that schmuck could do it, I could do it, right? Exactly. But then I started really doubting that this stuff even worked. And so, but these, I went back to my courses, dusted off. And they all were saying like, you got to learn wholesaling because that is the fundamental thing of this. So I started doing, I remember very, very vividly, I said, I'm going to figure out wholesaling. And I bought two courses on wholesaling. And I said to myself, I'm not going to buy any more courses. I'm going to do what these guys say. And I'm not going to deviate from it at all. And, you know, with my engineering analytic mind, I was always taking things apart and taking what I liked out of this course and like what I liked out of this one and putting it together and trying to make it my own because I thought I knew best, right? Mm-hmm. But yep. I said, I'm going to do what these guys say to do without questioning anything. If they say to talk to 20 sellers a day, I'm going to do that. If they say to make 50 offers a day, I'm going to do it. If they say to send this ugly yellow postcard or use this stupid script, then I'm going to do it, right? Yep. And yep. Yeah, I didn't think it would work, but guess what? It worked. I couldn't believe it. I'd send awesome. out these postcards. I'd get phone calls. I asked them these questions yeah. and I'd get deals. And my first deal, I made 13 grand. This lady practically begged me to buy a house. I did every mistake possible practically. And it just, it all worked out. And then I was done. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, that is so cool. <laughs> Whoa, did this really just this happen? Really happened. So were you, were you working still then or you'd quit by then? Yeah, you said you had to pick working. one or the other. Yeah. Was, okay. You still were still working by my, then. My wife and I talked about it and, and you know, we mutually agreed that if I don't make this work in the next 60 or 90 days, I don't remember what it was, then I'm going to quit yeah. the real estate thing because I just can't do okay, both. And, and do your job. And yeah. I didn't want to do that. Like I really wanted to be my, so you be my own boss, work for myself. So I started wholesaling, started doing the marketing and lo and behold, it works. I mean, I, I started getting leads, awesome. I started making offers, started getting offers accepted. And I was just blown away that, that uh, really would work and it would work for me too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember that same feeling. I mean, seeing it happen or hearing it happen and it's almost like, you know, it can work, mm-hmm. but until it actually does, you're kind of like, I know it, but I don't know it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, and then I, also yeah, many times your second deal is sometimes the hardest, you know? Uh-huh. So I just started realizing well, if I'm going to make this work while I'm doing my full-time job, I've got to get this marketing done, right? So I would try to time block it and schedule it. Okay, on Wednesday mornings, I'm going to make offers. On Thursdays, I'm going to send out my letters on Friday. And I would time block it because that's what these guys said to do. But it wouldn't work for me. I'm not that disciplined enough. And so, but I knew when I did that marketing, I was, I was kind of on this huge up and down roller coaster. Like I'd do a bunch of marketing, get a bunch of leads, and then stop my marketing because I was overwhelmed. I'd get properties under contract. I'd work on selling them. I'd sell it, make some money. Wow, awesome. And I turned around and there's no more leads coming in, right? Yes. There's there's a real there's something to be said with consistency and momentum. Yep. You have to keep that thing going. So I, I learned that I if I want to do a lot of deals consistently, I need to consistently do my marketing. And um, so I started doing the marketing and, and then I started figuring out, well, 
I've heard about this this thing called virtual assistants in the Philippines. And so I thought, well, I'm doing all this stuff. Maybe I could get a virtual assistant to do my marketing for me. So I started writing my steps, all of my systems down in paper. I started writing them down and said, all right, I can get VAs to do this and this and this. All I need to do is this part, you know? So I, I heard about Odesk. I found some VAs, virtual assistants on Odesk and started doing my marketing for me. And then I started getting a bunch of calls and I'm still working full time and I can only talk to sellers on my lunch break or my drive home. Um, so I said, I can't handle all these calls. So I got a friend that was hungry and I started paying him on a commission basis to take all the calls and get the deals under contract and sell them for me. So now I have a VA doing all the marketing. I have a friend taking all the calls and meeting with the sellers and getting them under contract. Now I have them under contract and I got to sell them now. So then I hired a realtor on commission basis, again, commission only, to sell my properties. And so all of a sudden, I'm, I have a VA that's doing the marketing consistently for me because if, if I didn't get somebody else to do it for me, it wasn't going to get done. So I started thinking of systems like marketing done for me in spite of me, right? And I, I figured out, well, okay, this stuff gets going all the time. Then I had this guy taking the leads for me. And then I had a realtor doing all the selling for me. And pretty soon I'm only working five hours a week. And we're doing two to four <laughs> deals a month, you know, and somebody else is doing all the work for me. Um, so now this was when you were still working your job or you were no longer yes. working your job? But this still point. Working. How many years ago was this? Let's kind of put this, this in the perspective 2008, here. 2008, 2009. Okay. So five, six, I'm not very good at math. Uh, it was six, seven years ago. Yes. So I've been full time since 2009. And let me tell you my story. Okay. Um, Okay, so the uh, so I started wholesaling a bunch of properties, but I was throwing away a bunch of leads. And all right, well, here's the thing: I started getting a bunch of leads in, and I'm spending two to three grand a month on marketing. Right, I'm just doing the postcards, like they said, and I was throwing away a bunch of leads. And this was right about early 2009, so the market had already tanked, and it was just you know it was everybody was struggling, and I saw an opportunity because. I was still working my full-time job and I'm not able to leave because I don't have enough money in the bank and I'm not consistently doing deals. My goal was at the time to have at least six months of income in the bank before I quit. Yeah. So now I've got these systems in place and um, I'm still throwing away a ton of leads. And so I said, what can I do with these leads I keep on throwing away because they wanted too much or my offer was too low or if they had equity, they weren't willing to share any of it with me. And, you know, I've always been a fan of lease options as well. So, like, I love the idea of being able to control property for a period of time without owning it. And so I've always been a fan of lease options. And I thought to myself, well, why can't I wholesale lease options? And so I started doing that. I started tying up these properties where we couldn't agree on a price. And I started wholesaling it. Instead of to an investor, I started wholesaling it to a tenant buyer. So... I started getting these properties. If I would first make the cash offer at 60 cents on the dollar and the seller said no, I said, well, what price do you want? And they said, well, I need to have 150 or whatever. And I said, well, what if I could get you that? Would you be willing to lease your property for a couple years and then sell it to me for that price? They said, yeah, sure. So I started realizing I could take all these leads that I'm throwing away, tie them up on a lease option and wholesale that to a tenant buyer. And I started doing that, but I didn't think that the seller would let me keep 
more than $1,000 of the option deposit. So I make my money from the option deposit that the tenant buyer puts down. I call it an assignment fee. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I, found, I, I found this guy. My virtual assistant at the time was living in Indiana, and she was also doing deals for another investor. She was doing marketing for another investor in Atlanta. And she says, Joe, um, what you're doing is real similar to what this other guy is doing, but he's making a lot more money than you are. Because I was only making about $500 <laughs> to $1,000 per deal. And I said, what? She said, yeah. And so I said, give me his number. So she gave me his phone number. I called nice. him up. I could hear the, the waves in, from the beach in the background. He's in Florida on his condo, <laughs> flipping these properties virtually in Atlanta as lease options. And he's keeping the entire option deposit on it. So that was the defining moment in my investing career, really, I think, because I realized, you know what, number one, sometimes we don't have things because we don't ask for it. And I was thinking the seller would only give me 500000 bucks as an assignment fee if I did a lease option. So almost overnight, I started making from 1000 bucks per deal to, to five, $7,000 per deal. And I just started structuring these things as lease options. And I started... Yeah flipping them to tenant buyers. And this was at a time in the market, you remember, where no cash buyers, no investors are hardly buying anything, at least in the Midwest. And then I discovered, you know what, I can find as I can find tons of sellers that are advertising their houses for rent and for sale by owner on Craigslist. And so all I need to do is contact them and ask them if they want to do a lease purchase on their house. So I started, instead of doing postcards, I started having a virtual assistant start sending out text messages and voice messages and emails to Craigslist ads that were being listed for rent or for sale. And just saying, it was a message that came from me saying, hey, I saw your property on Craigslist. Do you want to lease purchase your house? The seller would respond back, yes. So I had trained my VAs to only give me the yes leads. And then I would then send those to my acquisitions guy. So, but all of a sudden I found out that I can do more deals um, a lot easier now as lease options. And uh, so within about three months of doing that, my part-time income flipping those lease options surpassed my full-time income at my job. And I was making anywhere from awesome. $90,000 to $100,000 a year. And I was making awesome. more money now flipping lease options part-time. So that's when wow. I quit my job. That was the spring of 2009. And... Um, I was so excited about this concept. I didn't invent it. There were other people doing it. People called it, you know, cooperative assignments or cooperative lease options or lease option assignments. Um, but I was so excited about the strategy. Um, and I was listening to another podcast at the time um, from these guys, the Inter Internet Business Mastery is a great podcast. Right. And yeah. I got the idea of creating a podcast and creating a course on this very narrow niche of real estate. And the domain wholesaling lease options was available. I couldn't believe it. So I got Crazy. the domain and I started creating a course. And I started partnering with Wendy Patton. If you know Wendy Patton, she's been teaching lease options for years. Um, and I got some good feedback from some other guys like Steve Cook um, and Sean McCloskey and John Heyer. And they started giving me feedback. And, and so that's when I quit my job because I knew I could make a very good income flipping these deals, only working five to 10 hours a week. And then... After the rest of my time, I started doing you know podcasts and training and coaching, and I started traveling and speaking at different real estate clubs, teaching this concept of wholesaling lease options. That was what set me, um, kind of set me uh, out there. And 
I love doing that, but now the market has changed again in the last year, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm doing a little bit more traditional wholesaling right now in addition to the occasional lease option flip. Anyway. Okay. I've got lots of questions for you. Yeah. I've uh, just been letting you talk, um, which is I'm not usually very good at, so I'm proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, when you hired that first VA, I heard you mention the Philippines, but then I heard you mention Indiana. Yeah. You, okay, and you heard you mention Odesk. So how did you find them? Did you go on to Odesk, and where where were they located? You know what I found? I have found probably um, all of my VAs, 95% of my VAs on Odesk. Even the one in Indiana, I found her on Odesk. Um, okay. So you mentioned they do marketing. Were, were your first ones like in the Philippines? How do they do marketing for you from the Philippines? At the time, they would go to Craigslist. And they would find all the properties that are listed for rent or for sale and take the information and put it into a Google spreadsheet. So they would take over the date, the title of the Craigslist ad, which tells you a lot. Tells you the price, the area, the general description, the bedrooms. And then they would put, um, if there was a phone number in the ad, they would put that phone number in the spreadsheet. And they would put a link to the Craigslist ad um, and then an address, if there was an address. And I told him every day, I want you to go in and find 30 to 50 houses. And I built the spreadsheet to track for duplicates. So if a number, if they put in a number that I had contact within the last 30, 60 days, it would flag as a duplicate. So that's the first thing they did for me. Then they would go into my, um, at the time I, I was using, well, it's not even existence anymore. I won't talk about it, but I was using this tool. <laughs> they would send the text messages for me. And they would send the voice message for me. So I pre-recorded a message, a voicemail. Okay. And they okay. would send it out to the seller. It would go right to their voicemail. And it would say something uh, like... Versus they couldn't answer it. It would just go to their voicemail. Yeah. yeah. How is that possible? Well, there's a <laughs> there's a tool called Slidial. It's one way you can do it. It's just free. S-L-Y-D-I-A-L. Slidial.com. Okay. We'll put that in the show notes. If you dial... Sly dials number, which is a 267 area code, you'll hear a little message and then you dial the other person's phone number. And if it's a cell phone, which 75, 85% of the time in Craigslist it is, it'll skip the ringing and go right to their voicemail. Okay. So my VA would leave a message or would play my recorded, pre-recorded message on there saying, hey, I saw your property on Craigslist. I was wondering if you're interested in selling it. Or I was wondering if you would be open to doing a lease purchase. Call me back at 1234. I give my number. And then the text messages would come from me as well. So they would scrape the Craig's information from Craigslist. And then they would um, send the marketing, like the emails. I created a Gmail and a Hotmail and a Yahoo account. And then they would send texts and they would do voice messages for me. So it all looked like it came from me. And then when the seller called yeah. back, it would go to voicemail or something. And then they would put that into another spreadsheet. Um, now what I do is I have VAs do things like, we have in Missouri a, a website where you can get all the court cases in all the different courts in Missouri, and we can pull in all the evictions. So we can see who who is going through an eviction right now, find the address of the tenant, which is usually the address of the property. Then you can go into public records and pull the address of the owner of that property. And we'll send they'll put all that information into a spreadsheet, and we'll send them a yellow letter. Um, I have some other things that I do, uh, like looking for... Um, going on, doing online research to find uh, late taxes uh, and, and putting that information into spreadsheets so we can send letters to them. 
There's, um, you can also look up garage sales and estate sales on Craigslist and send letters to those owners. Um, there's a lot of things you could have VAs do. Um, when it comes to the postcards, I still do that myself because that just takes me a couple minutes and that's, there's a lot more money involved. If, if I don't trust a VA yet to yeah. make the mistake if they make one. Cause you're spending a lot of money on those postcards versus just yes. someone's time and looking up this information that you never spent any money to get that lead yeah. initially. Oh, and another great thing that VAs do for me is I like sending letters to properties that are in Zillow for rent. Um, so I have my favorite zip codes and every day at least five to 10 new properties come on to Zillow for rent in those zip codes. And uh, so I will have my VA pull the address of the property, go into county records and pull the owner's address of the property, put it into a spreadsheet. And then I have a stay at home mom who writes those letters for me. She'll handwrite yellow letters to those sellers. And we send out about 10 to 20 yellow letters every day to those people. Joe, I, I have to admit, you totally have my mind spinning. I'm going to have to go back and listen to this. Uh, I don't oh. usually listen to my interviews again, but this one I'm going to have to <laughs> listen to because I didn't know that you worked with VAs. I didn't know you were quite so systematic. I, I just didn't know all these things. Like I said, we're, I'm kind of getting to know you. So um, I do want to ask you a little more about, let's talk about the process. I've had a lot of people ask me about VAs and how can VAs help them in their business what so step by step what's the basic process you would recommend someone go about when they want to hire a VA? I think you mentioned odesk so that's o d e s k dot com right yeah yeah and what happens so when you go to odesk well you got to start rewind a little bit and do think okay. well, what do i want the va to do i mean what do i want to outsource and for me i have a different procedure for everything i do like postcards or yellow letters um google pay per click whatever marketing you do I always tell people you need to first look at your income goal. You want to make 10 grand a month. Well, how much marketing do you need to do to get the phone to ring? If it takes 30 leads to get a deal, you know, and you need 120 leads a month um, to make 10 grand or whatever, how yep. much marketing do you need to do every day, every week to get to that goal? Right? So you, you and you should have at least three different types, three to four different kinds of marketing. Maybe, Postcards, yellow letters to Zillow rentals, um, bandit signs, and maybe um, send out 20 text messages or cold call 20 Craigslist ads a day, whatever it is, right? 20 make yep. offers on 20. So have a written plan and then look at that and say, okay, how can I give somebody, uh, how can I give all of this away for somebody else to do? Okay. You look at everything you have going on here and how can I get somebody else to do all of this? You mean I shouldn't do it all myself? No. <laughs> no. See, if you try to do it yourself it won't get done it won't that, get I, done i i completely agree i i like i i think of it as marketing done for me in spite of me like i mentioned yes. before. yes so all right now when it comes to craigslist this is so i just started writing down in google in a google word document what needs to be done step by step and i do it like an outline with a bullet say so, all right step number one go to craigslist go to this city and look for this type of property and use this search parameters. And I just write that stuff down. Number two, take the phone number and copy and paste it into this spreadsheet. Number three, you know, make sure the duplicate formula that I use goes down all the way. Um, and then once you get 20 phone numbers, go to this other program and send out the text and send this message. Um, 
and, and then send this email. And then I would put in the username and passwords to my three email accounts. And um, so I just write it all down step by step for each of my now, three. Now, why do you have the three email accounts? I'm trying to understand well, that part. One day, I have my, my VA send Craigslist ads from a Hotmail account. Then the next Got day, it. I'd have her send messages from my Yahoo account. And the next day from Gmail, just to mix it up because Craigslist will block your if you're oh, sending too many okay. emails at once. And I'd also Great give tip. her like five different emails. And all my emails okay. are really simple, just a couple, three sentences, two to three sentences max. And so I'd say, okay, in day one, I want you to use Hotmail and send and just rotate through these five emails. And then the next day, use Yahoo and rotate through. And I'd use, I got so anal about it. I even had different phone numbers for each different email campaign. So, but I, th- the point is I just wrote it all down yeah. and it only took okay. about two pages. And like you right? said, that's the engineer in you, but then you well, use that to your advantage. And I love that because that is what a, the opposite right. of a yeah, butter does is they say, what am I good at? What am I learning from this person? How can I apply my skills in according with what they're doing? Not say, oh, they're doing this. So I can't do it. Right. So that's, mm-hmm. I love that. Right. Um, okay. So I, I would write it all down in, in a Google Doc because I, Google Docs or Google Drive will allow you to share those documents with the VA, right? And when yeah, the VA beautiful. quits or you fire them, you just unshare it and you share it with uh-huh. the next one, right? Perfect. So then I would go to Jing, which is free, J-I-N-G, Jing Project, and I would record my screen and I would record my voice of me walking through that document, teaching them how to do what I wanted them to do. And I'd say, okay, step one, you go to Craigslist. And then I'd go to Craigslist on my screen and I'd show them, type, put in this search parameters and look for, here's a good house. Here's a bad house. Here's a good property. Don't do mobile homes, you know, ignore the big apartment buildings. So I'd walk through and I'd copy and paste the phone numbers into the spreadsheet. And so then Jing will give you a link, a URL for each of those videos. And it limits you to five Mm -hmm. minutes. So I'd maybe had four or five videos of me just walking through the thing. And I would paste those links in the Google Doc at the top. So now I have a whole process manual done for each of my different marketing things. I find a VA on Odesk. I give them some test assignments, you know, like just to test them before I hire them. Simple things like I'll say, go to Zillow, find five properties in this one zip code and give me this information in a Google spreadsheet. Send me an email and put a smiley face in the subject. Let's say something like that. I think that's perfect. I mean, versus mm-hmm. trying to do this interview and have them send a resume. It's like, hey, here's your task, right? I mean, obviously, yes. you looked for people who you thought were qualified up front. Yeah. Now, Odesk, I've, I've actually, I don't think I've ever, I've heard of Odesk a thousand times. I don't think I've actually used it. So do people, is that where people bid on your project? You put down what your goal is and people like let mm-hmm. you know what they charge you for hour? Mm-hmm. What, how does that work? You put, you post your job and you just, the simpler the description you give, the better I found. And, and generally speaking, the type of VAs I like to get on Odesk um, are mainly for web online research and data entry. Um, I okay. have found several good VAs with really good English on Odesk. In fact, one that I've had for two years I found for, on Odesk. And he's pre-screening seller leads for me right now. But um, I just get, it's a simple job description. I'll say, hey, I'm, an, I'm a real estate investor. I need somebody to help me do online research and data entry. If yeah. you're interested... Um, apply. And what what does that usually cost for online research and data entry? A job like that from two a bucks VA? an hour. That's two incredible. Th- yeah. Two now I don't take the cheapest one. I don't take the most expensive one. Yeah. 
when they so I'll get 250 300 applications yeah and then I'll go in and wow. I'll sort them by number of hours worked in their previous um, employer reviews and then I find the top ones and I'll, I'll I'll copy and paste a simple test assignment I'll say hey thanks for applying um, in order for you to be interviewed I want you to do these five things and they're very detailed and I'll say in there put a smiley face in the email subject okay and I'm looking for several things. Number one, who completes it most thir- the most thoroughly, and who's the fa- who's the quickest to bring it back to me or just send it back mm. to me. Mm. And like so that. I'll find you know the 200 applications I get. I'll send that copy and paste email out to the top 30 or so, and it just takes a couple minutes. I copy and paste that in, right? And then um, they I, I see who responds back. So of the 30 that I send that to, I maybe get 10 that reply back, and then of those 10. I'll get them on Skype and talk to them or nice. just email them back and go back and forth. And I send them that Google doc that I have. I just share it with them. I also use LastPass. If I have a LastPass is an add-on you can do to add to your browsers and they can, I can share my passwords without giving my passwords away. Hmm. Um, and so I've also found a lot of good VAs on virtual staff finder. Um, yeah, that's where I've gotten the yes. two that I have. Virtual Staff Finder is great because you pay them 400 bucks, but they uh-huh. will pre-screen and pre-qualify three good candidates. You interview them, and then you hire one the best one you like. And if one of those three don't work out, you, you let Virtual Staff Finder know, and they'll help you find another one at no extra cost. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's how we've hired the two that we use. I don't use any for my real estate business, but I really would like to. I use two to help me edit my podcast and do all yeah. my web uh, my web stuff. Um, yeah, but... Uh. D- Ducktree, Ducktree. Well, we'll, uh, oh, Chris we'll, Ducker. Chris Ducker. Ducker. <laughs> I've actually, I've, I've met Chris and stuff, and I'm, but I'm horrible with names. So he's a nice um, guy. We'll, yeah, we'll link to that in the show notes as well. I know Mark, uh, who runs my house Housekeeping HQ, all my web stuff and everything. Um, he's good. He's friends with Chris. And anyway, all right, Chris. Oh, all right, really? Mark. How about that? Link to the uh, link to the. Show notes. All right. I'm yeah, I want here. I want your website guy's contact information, but you refuse to give it to me. No, <laughs> I don't refuse to give it to you. He's just he's so overworked right now. I mean, you yeah. know how it is with this educational stuff. People think you're spending like an hour or two a week or whatever. I mean, it. Uh, well, just like you, I spend. It's a good thing that my house flipping business is um, yeah. systematized because I spend so much time. But we, I love it. Right, I mm-hmm. have to love it. Otherwise, it wouldn't be sustainable. So, well, uh, and I wanted to mention that because this is something I, I I get really passionate about because it's so easy to go out there and see. It, it's so easy to go out there and bash all the gurus and the guys out there teaching. Oh my business. gosh! Did you and see that, my thread? You haven't seen my thread on Bigger Pockets, have you? No. I started a thread on Bigger Pockets about documenting my goal to put 150 houses under contract this year, and it's gotten a lot better now. The feedback, but right out of the gate. Oh my gosh. It's like, I'm given this valuable education. Like it's going to be a commitment to me so far. I've, I've spent more money on my, um, my podcast and, and my website than I've made through any coaching I've done. Right. Yeah, yeah, I hope that yeah. to turn that around. That is not my goal, but all these <laughs> right. people just start like ripping into me like, Oh, goo. I mean, it's just like, number one, they didn't really believe that I'd done this volume of houses. And number two, they start like ripping into me. I'm like, like, whoa, I didn't know I was like up for trial here. You know, that was not my intention here. 
it's gotten a lot better. A lot of people have gone on there and given positive mm-hmm. feedback and said, I know Justin, I listen to his podcast. He's the real deal. He's legitimate. Back off. So it's gotten good, but man, I, I was not expecting that at all. It's, it kind of it's, really it can be brutal. But here's the thing. Um, and and I, I know the guys at Bigger Pockets. They have a great podcast. They have a great Absolutely. website. No, I, I love Bigger Pockets. So I'm not yeah. bashing Bigger Pockets. I'm just saying, and you know, to their benefit, to their credit, they care, right? And mm-hmm. I, I've been taken advantage of by certain gurus as I well. So there's different kinds. You can't put it all in a box, right? There has, you have to get educated. There has to be education and people need to get paid for that education or it's not sustainable. Right. Okay. So sorry, you got me going off on a, you got me passionate now. (laughs) I'm grateful for the gurus out there, you know? Yeah. Because if it wasn't for them willing to put their neck on the line, really, because once you get out there and become speaker and well-known, yeah, you make good money. But you also get a huge target on your back. You totally do. And you're 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 all this, the bigger you get, the more um, under investigation and scrutiny you are by government agencies, which is fine, right? Because there yeah. are a lot of scumbags out there. But sure. I'm thankful for most of them because if it wasn't for them willing to write the books and create the courses and do the webinars, I wouldn't have learned 10% of what I did. Now, yes, you can go to Bigger Pockets and those other websites out there and learn a lot of this stuff for free, or go to podcasts, but um, I can tell you I've invested probably over a couple hundred thousand dollars on my education through, and I still have coaches that I hire today to coach me and help me grow. And I belong to really expensive masterminds of other full successful investors. So I believe in education, but I really yes. don't think I could have, I could have gotten where I was today if it wasn't for the gurus out there willing to teach me this stuff and me willing to spend the money. Cause I get requests all the time of, well, why can't you just coach us for free? Why can't you just coach me and I'll let you, I'll split the deals with you 50 50. But they don't understand that if I were to do that, if I were to spend all this time helping people grow their business, and what if they don't do what I tell them to do and they just quit and I'm left holding the bag of spending all of that time with them, showing them stuff that they don't do anything with? So it has to be, you have to be compensated for that. Now, let me address this you can make very good money teaching real estate. And I have, I've made very good money doing that. Yeah. There's times when I'll make more money teaching and coaching than I will doing deals. But it's a it's a seesaw thing. There's other times like right now I'm making more money doing deals than yeah. I am teaching and coaching. And I'll go through phases where I, I love teaching and coaching and then I get burnt out of it. I get burnt out because the sometimes the attacks are just so vicious or the, the yeah butters or the whiners and oh complainers. And then so I go back to deals and sometimes I go back and forth. There's the guy who wrote the this passive uh, zero down guy who wrote the books zero money down. Oh yeah, Robert Allen. Robert Allen. He said on he said in an interview one time, look, I'll be honest with you, I've made millions doing deals. I've made tens of millions selling information, teaching people to do deals. Wow, interesting. Yeah. So you you can make a lot of money doing deals, but you can also make a lot of money selling education. I wanted to say everybody while who's listening to this, there's nothing wrong with that. I yeah. really don't. As long as you're, what you're delivering is really good value and is helpful to people, there's nothing wrong with charging a premium for that. You know, on okay, so on the thread, um, someone who I really respect uh, said the definition of a guru, you know, in, in the negative sense, is somebody who takes more than they give in value. Right. So I have seen that. I have been part of, um, I think you heard about the program I paid for where the guy I realized hadn't done any real estate investing in six years. He was selling old, outdated education. He he promised a car to the best student. 
I won, but I didn't get that car. Mm. Um, now, I still actually did learn. What's interesting uh, is in a weird way, at least I had a focus, right? I had yeah. I had this structure. And so in a strange way, now I look back at a lot of people who have been in this business for years or tried to be in this business for years. They go from seminar to seminar or from investment club to investment club, read books here and there. They never have a focus or the accountability or a mastermind group. In a way, I look back and I think, you know, maybe I was better off spending thousands and thousands of dollars on my education, but having that focused group support than, than even those guys are. But having that been said, I have seen a lot of people sign up for these programs where they pay, you know, $25,000 to join. And then every single week is another upsell. It's for, from their friends, friend, friend. Uh, a program that they've never done. And I'm like, and I've been to these seminars that I've even paid a ton of money for. And you you pay to go travel. You pay for lodging expenses. And then they do nothing but upsell you every other speaker. And to, so to me, you know, teach his own. But that to me is crossing the line. That is what I think kind of gives educators a bad name. And it's my goal to kind of bridge that gap and create a mastermind and coaching program, which... uh you know, people can join for a fraction of the cost, mm -hmm. uh, but still get a ton of value. So, okay, I didn't mean to go off way off on a tangent here, but well, and, and, <laughs> and, you, and we're one of the unique few that are actually doing deals at the same time, and that's really important. Yeah. You have to have, you have to, if you're going to teach and educate, God bless you. That's awesome. Go for it because I think we need as as an industry more high quality coaches out I there. I totally like, agree. To, to offset the bad ones, right? Yes. You don't, like I when, when I was on Bigger Pockets and they're like talking bad, I'm like, well, I'm, a, I'm the good guy. What are you guys talking about? I wish I were making the money that you probably think I'm making. <laughs> you know? right. well, but, can, those attacks can get vicious and I just think they're uncalled yeah, for. Um, I agree. For, for the most part. Now there's some guys out there that need to be called to the carpet. I won't mention yeah, names. There but are. there are. Um, so I, I thank God for the gurus who, out, who are willing to put courses. I can show you my book right now. There's some fantastic books in here. Yeah, if I bought their book, I'm going to get just maybe the top 10% and they're going to try to upsell me on the other 90% stuff. But I get enough out of that 10%. And the great thing about courses that you can't get in a forum or a podcast is it's all condensed into one yes, package. A good course I totally agree. is right there and I don't have to wade through tons and tons of different information to get what I want. It was really interesting when I started going to real estate investment clubs. I didn't even know they existed when I started my first couple of years. And I would go to these clubs. And I was, at first, I was blown away at all the education they gave. I was like, wow, this is great. And no one's trying to sell me a $20,000 program. But then I started to see the same people. And I realized some of them had been going for years and weren't really doing anything because they were so anti-education and paying for a mentor mm -hmm. that they just never really had that accountability and didn't make it happen. So yeah. uh, anyway, all right, well, we can... You know, I, Part of me, I don't usually talk about this kind of stuff on my podcast. I'll mention at the beginning, hey, I've got this program. If you want to check it out, go here. But after writing that Bigger Pockets thread, I realized, I mean, 75% of the conversation was about whether how to distinguish between good and bad education and whether it was okay what I was doing. So I realized it's actually people are very interested in talking about that and learning about it. So I think, you know, I think it's worth a good little few minutes here to, to discuss. So I hope, well, hope people and, and can understand I that value in that. I know what you're offering in your mastermind, and I'll tell you right now, Justin. I don't think you're charging enough for that. I, you know, I agree sometimes, <laughs> but my hope is to, and you know, I I was trained how to podcast by 
John Dumas. And he's yes. done very well with his podcaster's paradise. Yeah. And I am kind of modeling that. My my goal is more volume. And I, I like what you said. You said I'm not charging enough. My goal is for people to be like, what the heck? You know, this is crazy yeah. to the point to where there's so many people that are a part of this mastermind community. Um, and the connections I make are huge. Honestly, that's why it's all worth it. I mean, meeting people like you and all the other great people that I've interviewed and people that I'm now buying houses from, that's yeah. where a ton of value comes in for me, which allows me to rationalize the time I put into it until uh, I can make it a, a true business, which is when you're actually making decent money, right? So well, yeah. <laughs> that is the goal, but good. Anyway. good. How did all we get right. onto that? How did we get oh, onto man. that? Oh man, that was good stuff. So, okay. So let's get back to you and uh, your your business. So we were talking about VAs and Odesk. And okay, so you pay a few bucks to these VAs. You go to Odesk to get them. Um, you've created some incredible systems. You mentioned that the VAs, what all do VAs do for you? You said they they do um, the the deal. The, I'll let you say it. <laughs> well, here, here's the thing, Justin. This is what I love about this business. I just got back and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on the... I don't want to make it sound like I'm selling anything because I'm too self-conscious about gurus and stuff. But <laughs> literally, I just got back from a week-long cruise um, with my wife and our four kids. So we went to Jamaica, uh, Grand Cayman, and Cozumel. And I had my acquisition manager, my local assistant, who's a realtor, and another guy who's wholesaling for me. Uh, we got about – we, we sold two deals – and we got three, maybe six under contract. So there's one seller that has three properties. Got it. I, mean, I was we, like, we got, three, maybe six. Wow. Well, <laughs> That's yeah. a big difference. But I know for, we got three under contract. Um, the, our buyer is looking at the property today. Um, yeah. And I know we'll sell it. So here I am gone for a week. And um, I have a virtual assistant and my local assistant who is doing, they're doing all my marketing for me. I have somebody who's taking all the calls. I do it different ways. But remind me, I got to tell you about this new strategy I'm really excited about. So I have a local acquisitions manager that, that takes all of the calls and then he meets with the sellers and gets them under contract and my local assistant helps me sell them, okay? That's one side of my business. Nice. And I pay them all on a percent commission basis only. Okay. Then I have this other wholesaler that I do the marketing for him. He handles it everything after that. I pre-screen the leads, but I have a VA that, that calls the sellers back, pre-screens them, asks them some basic questions, puts the leads into our CRM, and I use Podio as our CRM, okay. which is amazing. It's awesome. Okay, so, I'll have to check that out. I have people ask oh, all the time, so let's link up to Podio in the show notes as well, guys. All right? Well, so while I was gone, I had somebody else doing it all for me. And I took my family a year and a half ago to Prague in the Czech Republic for two months. We were in the Czech Republic wow. for two months. My wife homeschools our older kids. So um, we just rented a furnished apartment and we did all the touristy things. I only, I literally only work a couple hours a day at a local coffee shop where I could get on the internet. And it, it I, to, I totally me. believe, I totally believe everything you're saying. I mean, I did the well, same thing. We went to Utah a couple weeks ago. I bought yeah. three houses while I was gone. Yeah. Why, so it's, why can't, I'm wholesaling these properties virtually in my own backyard right now. Right, I don't go see the house. I don't meet the sellers. I don't meet the buyers. I yeah. get somebody else to do. It. Why do I have to be here? I could no. be in Cozumel. I could be in Prague in the Czech Republic and have somebody else do it all for me. You, you really can't. It's not some pipe dream. No, it really is. 
it really is cool. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not easy. You know, we're not saying overnight no. success. Like you said, run to the back of the room now, swipe the card for the, and you get the bonus. No, but it absolutely can be done. And that's why so many, you know, gurus are able to sell high price act now because of the potential. So everything is true that can happen. Um, it's just the way people go about it now. But let me, let me tell you, cause I, I'm going back to what I asked you to remind me about, cause I'm so excited yeah. about this. This okay. is so cool. Let's hit it. I have now my acquisition team that kind of takes the calls, but I'm still involved with answering their questions, right? Okay, the seller won't let us look at the house. What do we do? I have to answer their questions or the buyer yeah. wants to know this. What do I do? And so I've started doing something different now where I found other wholesalers out there that are already doing deals. They already, you know, they wear, they have the t-shirt. They've been there, done that. And they're already wholesaling a bunch of deals, but they're maybe not good at the marketing or the systems. They're just getting a lot of leads from referrals, from MLS, from realtors, which is awesome. But I'm big on the marketing like direct mail and Google pay-per-click and Craigslist sure. and getting the leads direct to the seller, right? And so I've been approaching other wholesalers that I know that are already successful, already have buyer's lists. They already know how to negotiate, get them under contract, estimate repairs and all that. And I'm approaching other wholesalers saying, hey, listen, I'll do your marketing for you. I'll pay for it. In fact, I'll spend up to $5,000 a month on marketing postcards wow. for you and I'll pre-screen all the leads. I'll have my VA pre-screen all the leads and I'll put them all in Podio. If you take those leads, get them sold and split your wholesaling fee with me 50-50. I like okay? that. There is no risk at all to that wholesale. Like what if I came yeah. to you, Justin, and I said, all right, what, what's your favorite market? You tell me Orange County or whatever. Yeah. I say, listen... What if I went out and did a bunch of marketing for you and gave you pre-screened leads? Would you be willing to split your wholesaling fee with me 50-50? Absolutely. What do you have to lose, right? Yeah, I know for sure. You're, it's well, free like marketing. That. It's free marketing for you, right? I like and so, that. And No, go right. ahead. Well, well I'm, I'm, always telling, <laughs> I'm always telling people like you got to find your in in this business. You know, so many people feel like they have to know and be able to do everything no. but just what you're saying right now that gives people an opportunity it's like okay joe's gonna take care of this i gotta be good at this and focus on this you know exactly. it's more about focus and then blow it up from there so i i really so like that i've been doing this now for a couple of weeks and i'm so excited about it because this guy is tearing it up he already has three properties under contract on my first postcard batch the batch of postcards and uh he's he, he's already got the buyers he already knows how to negotiate. He's one of those guys who loves to get in his truck, go look at houses, meet with sellers, estimate repairs, and sit down in their kitchen, build the relationship, build the rapport, get it under contract, and sell it. He already has a buyer's list. He just makes a couple phone calls, sends a couple texts. It's sold. I don't have to worry about any of that stuff, yeah. right? So yeah. even though I'm making less money on a per deal basis because I'm splitting it 50-50 than I would if I had my own acquisitions team, I'm doing more deals with my wholesaler because he's already got the systems. Now, it has to be somebody yeah. you trust. Totally. And, 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 and who's doing the business. Right. And it has I mean, to be who, accountability. Who yeah. Not like a brand new investor who may not no. lock those houses up. I mean, I hate to say how it, we're not knocking on the new investors out there. It's just you got to right. work your way up in this business, right? <laughs> so. right. And, and you need to be willing to invest some capital into the marketing, right? Yeah. Like right yeah. now, I'm only spending about a thousand dollars a month with this guy I just hired. I just brought yeah. on, right? We're partnering on, this. and it's not a partnering thing. Um, we just have a very loose agreement. But um, I know of at least five other guys 
um, that I can do this for that they're just they're used to getting properties from HUD or they're used to getting making 20 offers a day on the MLS and getting offers from that they don't know how to do direct mail they'd love to know they'd love to do it but with yeah. a system like Podio I can get the I can do the marketing I can have my VA pre-screen the leads put the information in there and I can track and hold that other wholesaler accountable to do all that market. I got a lot of these ideas from guys uh, like Mike Nelson is one of them. Um, yeah. That I've he's been interviewed on other real estate podcasts, and he's a friend of mine. And I uh, inter- I learned this from a guy who was one of my uh, podcast interviewing slash students guys. And it's it's a guy you should look at him up. His his name is Jake Duval on my podcast, Real Estate Investing Master. And he was living in San Jose, which is a very competitive, very expensive market doing the marketing and really struggling to get a deal. His wife or a girlfriend moved to Fresno from a job transfer. He was still working full-time. He couldn't move yet. So he was visiting her in Fresno on weekends. And he saw a bunch of wholesaler signs out there advertising We Buy Houses. He called all the wholesalers up, and maybe out of the 10, he only found one or two that were worth anything, right, that were really doing deals consistently. And he said, hey, what if I do marketing for you in Fresno instead of, what I'm doing in San Jose and you, you do the deal and everything and we'll just split it 50, 50 started doing that. started making enough money. He quit his job and moved to Fresno and guess what he's still doing now. He's still doing the marketing for the other wholesaler who's doing all the work. Really? He's just putting in the money and the systems to get those leads coming in and that other wholesalers handling them and taking them. There are, you know, my, my brother, I'm really excited for him. He just started two months ago. He quit his job, cold Turkey. And he was like, okay, I've been listening to your podcast. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. Not, I was excited, but I was kind of scared for him too. You I know? heard the my brother. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So just last week, um, he got his first like official, official house under contract. It looks, numbers awesome. look good. I'm buying it from him. You know, no so way. I'm now, I'm buying out of state. It's in Utah and he's going to make 10 grand. And it's great because that's going to, you know, he's, he just got married, like his wife's pregnant and that's going to get him through the next few months. Their expenses aren't too high because you know it's just them two right now. And he's going to be able to keep going in this business, you know, so that's, um, but point being is I now said to him, I said, okay, look, I have the the capital to do some Mm -hmm. marketing what you're doing right now is good. Let's ramp that up by like five times what you're doing right now. And then we'll take that money out of future wholesale fees that you get. So it's a huge win-win guys. So just, just like Joe's talking about, be creative. Think of how you can create these win-win situations with people uh, to help you in your, in your real estate investing career. Well, let's say you don't have any money to invest in marketing. I mean, you could do exactly what I talked about. Go on Craigslist and cold call 20 sellers a day handwrite 20 yellow letters a day to rentals on Zillow and just start sending out marketing saying, hey, um, are you interested in selling your house? And you get a lead that says, yes, maybe. Let me think about it. Then send that to that other wholesaler who can do his magic, negotiating it, meeting with the seller, building the rapport. You know, all of that stuff that is hard for a beginning investor to do. Maybe you can partner on somebody. I'm not talking about creating a partnership in like a business, but you partner yeah. on a deal by deal basis. And that's how I like to partner too. Like, how can we work together in this area? Not here's our my LLC and everything I've done. Let's all just kind of join together. I've done that and it's tough. It's tough. <laughs> well, so. and, and the great thing we we're talking, I got on this tangent because we were talking about virtual assistance and the yeah. virtual business, right? I love the whole concept of um, uh, lifestyle 
independence. Yes. Um, right. Of, of yes. you know, you don't have to wait till you're 65 years old when you can finally retire after you've worked so no. hard to finally enjoy life. No. That is so depressing. Oh, so my gosh. <laughs> why can't I live that lifestyle today? And that's what I love about real estate because I can literally go see the world. Even if you have yeah. kids, you can go do it. You can go see yeah. the world and still do this business virtually from anywhere. All you literally need is a computer and a phone. You know, I actually, before we moved to San Clemente about 10 months ago, uh, my wife and I had talked very seriously. You know, we didn't own a house at the time of our own. We talked very serious about traveling the world for one year uh -huh. and running our house flipping retail business, mind you, yeah. uh, from from be, for being gone. And we, we mapped out all the countries we wanted to visit. And then my wife finally was like, uh, I think I just want to go and buy a house. And I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> well, you can still do it. You can rent your house out on a month. -to -month yeah, we lease. probably will. She says when they're going to be in junior high. <laughs> Well, yeah, <laughs> that's I, when she wants to leave. <laughs> and it's not for everybody, you know, but in June, we're going for, we have, I bought an RV camper. We're going for three months, two and a half months. We're going to go to Yosemite, Yellowstone, Glacier National Park, Grand Tetons and Mount Rushmore, all of that kind of in the northwestern awesome. half of the U.S. Yeah. We're just going to go for two and a half months. Now, I'm not going to be totally unplugged. I have, I'll have my laptop with me. I'll be working a few hours a day. Yeah, for sure. And I have the teams in place and the systems where I can still wholesale deals. And I'm starting to get other wholesalers like this guy I was talking about, even though he's in St. Louis. I'm starting to get other wholesalers in other markets that I can do this marketing for, have my team of virtual assistants pre-screen the leads, put them into Podio. And all I have to do then is make sure that the leads are going coming in and going out. Joe, you're giving me a lot of ideas. I actually just hired um, a, an additional, well, not an additional, a full-time acquisitions guy, right? Yeah. I mean, I have my assistant who works a lot, and I've got my agents out there working. I've got wholesalers, but I hired my first, okay, this guy is going to full-time do acquisitions for me. In fact, he just, just called to confirm right before you and I came on that he's like, okay, I talked to my boss. I'm Tomorrow's my last day, you know? Oh. So. <laughs> You're giving me a lot of ideas because I've got to figure out what I'm going to have this guy do. He's listened to all my podcasts, um, which is how he reached out to me. He heard me talking about it on my awesome. podcast. And, you know, I, I've got to figure out what I'm going to have him do because I don't want to necessarily invest a ton of money in marketing up front. I want him to learn by less expensive things that you're talking about. So I think mm -hmm. I'm going to have him listen to this podcast and say, go do that. <laughs> Yeah, go do what Joe said. <laughs> well, here's the other cool thing is like you could take one of these courses that uh, you know I have a twenty of them here and give them to your guy, your your acquisitions manager, your wholesalers, your assistants, and say go through this, learn this, yeah. and go do it, and yes. report every day, a couple days to me on what you're learning, and then go out and implement it. And yeah, um, I love that. So you could take things that you've learned, great ideas that you've learned, another podcast, and give them to somebody else to do. Sure. That's what I'm always thinking about consistently looking at my list, which is huge. Yes. All the things I got to do and think this, ask this one question. How can I get somebody else to do all of this? Every me? day. All of it. All yes. of it. And that, that's and that's your job. Your job is to get people to do your job, which is a job and does take time. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not, you know, like you said, you can do it an hour to two uh, a day if needed. But, you know, there is a level of maintenance that I think uh, most successful uh, real estate investors do need to have or should have in their business, right? I mean, mm -hmm. you got what Apple came up and just BlackBerry, you know, you got it. Right. 
you got to move with the cheese and always be adapting and adjusting. But anyway, those are my, my thoughts there. Mucho bueno, mucho bueno. Was that good stuff or what, guys? So like I said, we will continue the rest of this interview in episode 39 for all these show notes and links and whatever's on this episode. Go to housewivinghq.com slash episode 38. And that's it, guys. Hope you had a fantastic drive or workout or whatever you're doing during this podcast. So get out there, guys. Take some action, okay? Everyone in my mastermind group that is putting deals under contract, they're all doing the same thing. They're getting out there. They're getting their hands dirty. They are making calls. They're talking to realtors. They're uh, working, doing whatever, ban signs, knocking doors, cold calls. They're just getting their hands dirty and they're taking action. The daily action is what really counts. Not just the hype and all the... Yeah, and then you go do nothing, right? So get out there, make it happen. I love you guys. Uh, any questions, feel free to uh, put those in the show notes and Joe and or myself will be happy to get back to you on those. Until then, have a great week until the next episode. Have a great life. Bye-bye. <laughs> oh, I knew there was something I forgot to say. <laughs> it's like, oh, what is am I missing? Okay, so a lot of there's a lot of new investors that are listening to the podcast. And at first I was like, okay, hey, go to the website. We have a lot of basic articles on there. But we have so many articles now that I'm getting a lot of questions about the basic stuff. And so what we did is Mark and I we put together a book. Let me see. It's on the website here. 15,355 words anyway mark needs to fix this uh thing anyway go to housewivinghq.com and there's a 57 page book uh, that we put together that has a lot of the articles and some other things that we added it's house flipping fundamentals okay so this is a fantastic resource for anyone getting started in their house flipping business as you guys know my main focus is creating and scaling your house flipping business but you got to know the fundamentals to be able to do that so this is a fantastic resource. Go to housewomenhq.com. And that's just because we love you. Okay, now I'm really saying goodbye. Goodbye. This has been the House Flipping HQ podcast. Your, your ultimate house flipping resource. For intelligent real estate investing and financial freedom. Check out amazing tutorials, blogs, how-tos, and other inspiring podcasts with house flipping experts at houseflippinghq.com. Houseflippinghq.com.